Welcome to South Dakota Loves Benucci, the football show dedicated to discussing the quirks of the beautiful game. As always, we walk the existential path to discover why the great state of South Dakota loves Benucci quite as much as it does. I'm Jamie, and every week I'll be here with co-hosts Zavi and Wolf. Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of South Dakota Loves Benucci. It's Sunday night as we record. Liverpool have just beaten West Ham with some spectacular goals. And I'm here with Zavi and Wilf. Zavs, Wilf, how are you guys? Yeah, I'm all good. A little bit worse than last week, considering the lack of the lack of Matt. But, you know, we'll, we'll do what we do, you know. <laughs> Notice we keep starting recordings immediately after Liverpool games. That's the thing that we keep doing. Do they just keep playing at prime time? Is that it? It's funny, yeah, because they're not even in the Europa League, so they don't even get to justify Sunday afternoons. Exactly. So guys, we've got a letter from a fan here. And by letter from a fan, I really mean my flatmate dug out an essay he wrote uh, seven years ago when he was doing his GCSE biology. It's entitled Journey of a Carbon Atom Eaten by a Villa Fan. And I thought I'd like to share some of it with you. Okay. This is a carbon atom that makes up part of a glucose molecule that makes up a starch molecule in the pastry of an extremely delicious pie. Brackets delicious because it is cooked by a Villa Fan. Full stop. Now it's worth noting, he's an Arsenal fan. I have no idea what the Villa connection is. This incredibly well-dressed and exquisite Villa fan takes a bite out of the pie, bracket elegantly. The first football fan to elegantly bite a pie at a football Also, game. exquisite Villa fan. What does that even mean? <laughs> you, must be talking about, you must be talking about Prince William. <laughs> Wait, are you sure this isn't an English essay? Yeah, because the next sentence... Well, the next sentence is still quite Englishy. It reads, and begins to mechanically break down the pie using his perfect teeth. Perfect teeth is creepy. It's quite like I want to wait. What was the device. task? What was he asked to do? Uh, that, that, that he came up with this. Yeah, I've got no idea. All I can see is the title, Journey of a Carbon Atom Eaten by a Villa Fan. I'll just read, I'll just sort of jump ahead here. Um, it passes through the esophagus and into the stomach. The hydrochloric acid it encounters breaks the something down and the stomach muscles chump it up with the ease of Ashley Young dancing past a defender. Wow. At this that, point, that dates when, this piece. When was the last time Ashley Young danced past a defender? He's at Jesus. best trudged past a defender. <laughs> at best, the defenders misread his intentions and he thought, yes! He hasn't danced. He danced in the Watford days because his shirt was slightly oversized. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had the whole, like, he had, like, the whole... You know how Jack Relish has short socks? Well, he had the only very little short on show. Fairly high shorts, quite long shirts. He also had the sweatband going on for a while, didn't he? Was it not the double sweatband? I think it was the double sweatband. Yeah, yeah. God, him playing at left wing back for Inter Milan feels a long way from him dancing around. A.D. Boothroyd's Watford. <laughs> A.D. Boothroyd, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And the only other sort of note, I mean, there's a few different notes here, but the other sentence I'd like to share is, at this point, it is still attached to the glucose molecule as Markle Brighton is to the ball. Wow, that now that has conversely Whoa. aged well. I mean, Whoa. Jesus. Whoa. I mean, that's a take, though, because he is attached to the ball. He looks after the ball. He protects the ball. He uses it intelligently. He is attached to the ball, and uh, with all connotations of the term attached, Um, especially because he's still thinking, how the fuck am I in this Leicester team? It's, it's it's incredible the rise of Mark Albrighton. I love him, and I, I I like the idea of him still just playing. You know, in three or four years' time, they just still can't find someone to displace him. There was like a whole thing about 
West Ham fans really, really rate Fabianski because they kept signing goalkeepers for years and they couldn't find anyone who was better than Adrian. <laughs> they were like, oh, there's another one. And I like the idea of like Leicester. I mean, Demarai Gray's just actually moved to Germany. Um, Demarai Gray, sorry, I've said it wrong. Probably. He's just moved to Germany, I think, today. And that's like an example of uh, like Leicester have bought a winger. They bought a young, exciting winger. And nope, nope, all Brighton. All Brighton's getting in the team. And I like the idea of just like a slew of wingers coming through, but no one displacing Mark Albrighton. Yeah, and this is the thing. I reckon there were three wide midfielders in the Premier League, like only three. And I think they're Mark Albrighton, Dwight McNeil and Robert Snodgrass. Can you guys name another wide midfield player in the whole Premier League? Like kind of Antonio if he wasn't a striker or a wing back. <laughs> if he weren't, if he weren't other positions. <laughs> Pat- Patterson last year for compromising halfway between right back and striker. Yeah, Callum Patterson. Um, if you if you look at his Wikipedia page, his position just says utility player, which I enjoy a lot. Yeah. So anyway, that's yeah. It's it's funny. So Michael Brighton, we've established is attached to the football. Listen, I think we should probably do our weekly lock-up of fraud segments. Did you um, have any messages in this week, Wilf? I actually didn't. I was I was a bit upset that I didn't have any messages. And maybe that threw off my... I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie, listeners. Um, I've, I've got inside my own head a bit with this locked-up of fraud week. I think the Tiago, the two-week stint that Tiago had might have um, might have messed with me a bit. Um, Is this, by the way, I'm, I'm sort of curious. Is Tiago... Is, is Thiago going to come out? Thiago of, is now out. I think... Can I... You know, so, can what, I, you want to ch- chuck him right back in? <laughs> no, no, no. I would just like to campaign for the... Um, I just don't want Willian to ever leave. <laughs> well, I think Willian, Willian got, like, can expedited, did he? Can he stay? Yeah. Well, I mean, do you know what? Do you know I what? think he's in witness protection from you. Do you know what? Willian actually put in, like, one good cross yesterday. Um, so I feel like... Maybe. Oh, is this the one that Nicolas Pepe should have scored? Yeah, there was a really yeah. good block. Really good. Block I was thinking of you when I saw that. Yeah, increased was, rations for William. On. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. thinking maybe one ninety-two grand. Not enough. <laughs> Not enough. Up he goes. Up he goes. I think he's due a pay rise. Frankly, one good cross. Speaking of poor Chelsea players, my input this week is going to be is going to be Marcus Alonso. And I'm going to talk you through this one because this is an interesting lockdown. Because obviously we've had your Tiagos where it's like that is a he's a game changing player, um, world class player who has not shown him to be world class or game changing in the last few weeks. Hence his placement in prison. Now I think Marcus Alonso for a lot of people, you know, obviously he was good. He was like the quintessential Antonio Conte player, you know, marauding wing back. And I think basically ever since Antonio Conte left has been pretty much unilaterally terrible. Like, I don't think, you know, defensively, he's maybe one of the worst fullbacks in the league. I, mean, I don't think that's up for debate. But I, I, his fraudulence to me, so obviously it was a surprise to see Tuchel go back to him, but maybe not such a surprise if he is playing with wingbacks. I think the issue, I, what his fraudulence is, is that he is both capable of scoring like some of the best goals of the season. And I think that goal today genuinely was one of like the best goals of this year, certainly this calendar year. Like his control, just the way he can rocket them. And he always has been able to rocket balls. But what I don't understand is how a player like that can be so bad defensively and yet be able to pull things like that and yet not be able to play in any kind of like left midfield position either you know what I mean like he's not good enough to be a left midfielder he's not good enough to be a left back so he has to be a left wing back and yet he can only play in this like very specialized system so fraud 
No, yeah, that's that's really interesting. It's funny, right? Because Saka's just turned up age 19 and is the best player in the team, playing left back, right wing, behind the striker, full back, central midfield. Like, yeah. So why can Marcus Alonso play one very specific position? But I just want to say, I, as a Wimbledon fan who doesn't watch a whole lot of Marcus Alonso, I'm always impressed by him playing wing back. I've never really seen him in a four, in fairness. And he looks like the type of guy who might sort of languidly roll about as runners are zooming past him. I can see that for him. But as a wingback, I'm always so impressed. He feels like he has a good chance of game. And, you know, if you're a wingback, you just have to be stronger and quicker and taller than Damari Gray, who's playing on the opposite flank before being dragged, kicking and screaming to Germany. And he does that quite well. So on the fraudulence, is it, can I not make the case for Marcus Alonso being a specialised left wingback who can't play left back because he can't defend and can't play left midfield because left midfield implies there's a defender behind him, which implies he doesn't get to just roam about. And given his stats, his attributes are all just being bigger and quicker and taller than you. Roaming about suits him quite well. See, I think his fraudulence is almost that he convinces people like you who don't watch him very much that he is good. Like that feels to me, like his fraudulence (laughs) is the goal he scored today because it's like, oh my God, that's a world-class goal. Like that's a world-class finish. Like honestly, teach Timo Werner a thing or two. And yet like when he's not doing that, He's being the worst player on the pitch. That is okay. his fraudulence. But okay. he is capable I, of doing those things. I don't understand. I've been... No, I buy that in its entirety. I've been caught hook, line, and sinker. Okay, that's a pretty strong case. I'm going to try and make two so. cases here. Okay. I think are both strong. The first Wait, case... Wait, two for two different players or just for the same uh, rogue? Two different entities. Okay, all right. I'm just but, curious as to see who I'm going to be locking up here. Yeah, well, I hope your jail cell's big because I'm going to nominate the whole Wimbledon playing squad. <laughs> so all the context that you need for this is we've got two points in 33. And on Saturday, in a toothless, toothless display, lost at home to Milton Keynes. That's very hard going. You've lost to a Who? team that doesn't exist. Yeah. Who's that? <laughs> yeah, Bletchley FC. That's the Buckinghamshire way. <laughs> and they turned, they rolled up at Plough Lane the first time at New Plough Lane. And they won the game and we didn't really turn up. We did the bare minimum in the first half. You know, and if you watch Wimbledon for long enough, you realise you go into games with an inferiority complex. You know, just keeping in the game, keeping teams at arm's length, average teams, you know, teams who are 15th in League One. You think, yeah, good display this. But in the second half, it crumbled as we all knew that it would. And the reason why I'm wanting the playing staff to be locked up uh, rather than the management is twofold. The first is the management's been sacked. They've been sacked and they've been dealt with and they don't need to have to try and make conversation with William at a water cooler. That's a fate worse than death. The second thing is, this is a young Wimbledon squad who presumably overperformed in the first half of the season because they were 11th um, after 15 games. But since then, have produced some of the most insipid performances. And I'm not giving it the whole, oh, and all we want is passion and energy. It would be nice to have those things, but it would be even nicer as a professional footballer to pass a ball five yards or look interested in reading the flight of a ball. And the reason I know that they can do it is because two years ago, a couple of days ago, they largely a squad less talented than this one, beat West Ham. And they didn't beat West Ham just because they wanted it more, although they probably did. They did it with quality. They switched the ball, they moved, they got their heads up. And this Wimbledon squad can actually share a shell for one at the minute. And all of the usual candidates you'd think get off easy, like Will Nightingale, who didn't play. He's the captain of the club. He's been at the club since he was nine. He's a traditional one of our own. Not in the starting 11 for Milton Keynes home. 
he's just been totally off the boil. Joe Piggott scored 11 league goals this year. He shouldn't strictly be in jail, but he's about to leave us for free in five months, like Lyle Taylor and Tom Elliott and Don Polian and Jake Reeves, so he can fuck off. And, <laughs> and Ryan Longman, who's our other striker, who's got six goals, is just such a barrel, so he'll be fine in prison. Like, I mean, no one's, no one's messing with Ryan Longman. Think Shakiri, but a right winger from Brighton under 21 is forced to play up front. So that's my first suggestion. The second suggestion for fraudulence is not quite Lionel Messi, the greatest football who's ever existed. I really believe that. But the negotiating commercial team at Barcelona, the people who design contracts. Now, it was leaked yesterday that for a four-year deal for a 29-year-old at the time, he was offered 555 million euros. Now, that's a lot of money. That works at about 3 million euros a week, which or 2.5 million euros a week, which in the context of Yaya Torre making a tenth of that being exciting is a lot of money. The detail I'm interested in, though, is this. Do you guys know how much he got paid to sign the contract? How much do you reckon it's a reasonable amount to pay someone of Lionel Messi's quality to just, uh, you know, to sign the contract? That's not a loyalty bonus. He's getting a 75 million pound euro loyalty bonus in four years time. Just to sign the contract, what's a decent amount of money for a club who want to need to invest in young players, et cetera, et cetera? Like 500 grand. Tram, let's play this game. Go up a bit. 1.5 million. Go, you're going to have to go up significantly. Like 12.5 million. You're going to have to keep going up like by 75 a factor of... million. 70? <laughs> keep going. 100 million. Get a little bit higher. You're kidding. 105 million euros. 115 million euros. Lionel Messi. Let's talk about this. Who could you buy for 115 million euros? Now, this is in ex- this is not including his two and a half million a week. Well, William two years ago. <laughs> if you think, I mean, Arsenal. Well, I was going to say it's not Bakayo Saka. <laughs> okay, it's funny you say that because I was having this conversation with um, a friend, and he said there were three players at Arsenal he wouldn't sell for 115 mil. Saka, which I. I think he could be, no one knows who, what he could be. So he's a possibility. Then I got Kieran Tierney, which I said was, yeah, I reacted a bit like that. But you know what turns out, and this is why I bring it up. He said, yeah, but 115 million pounds. You know, it depends how you spend it. He had this expectation that Arsenal would fuck it because... <laughs> yeah, I mean, that makes sense. How, so, many Cal- how many Callum Chambers regens are getting bought for that? Yeah, it's like one and a half Nicholas Pepe's, which is not what you want. No, and that's the thing. So I sort of said, who hurt you? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and um, yeah, anyway, so th- that's my second suggestion. The guy who negotiated the 115 million euro signing on bonus. Now, I accept that he makes the club a fortune, a fortune. But he'll make the club the fortune anyway if you don't pay him. The, you know, you could buy any player in the world bar five probably for that amount of money, you know? You could probably buy anyone apart from Haaland and Mbappe or Neymar or whatever it is. And that went straight to his bank account. So I'm interested in what Zavs thinks here on the frauds. I've suggested two quite different situations, neither of them footballers, but both of them involved. I'd also like to add for the Wimbledon one, I wouldn't be against the guillotine being reinstated. That or having to talk to William twice a week. I quite like the battery farm idea though, of just like the whole 22, just (laughs) forced to, you know, like 12 angry men, but 22 angry Wimbledon players, you know. And they're, they're forced to identify a forward pass. 22 angry wombles. <laughs> just... I just wish any of them gave a shit. I don't mean that in like a lazy way. I don't mean that in a lazy way. I just mean that to, to get the ground going, this time last year, I was, I was trudging around in January, handing out flyers, freezing hands 
on the other side of London to try and trying to get me involved as well. I mean, thank God I didn't for this bunch. Jesus. I mean, someone genuinely needs to sit them down in the middle of Plough Lane and tell them how much it matters because it really fucking matters. And they're just like uh, already planning their move, their high, like their wage increase at fucking Braintree Town. Since you've been talking, Jamie, I went on a website about Lionel Messi's wages. And it was one of those ones that sort of says, this is how much he's been earning. He's earned since you've been on this website. And he's earned a hundred quid since you've been talking. Well worth it, I reckon. Yeah. For, yeah, his, yeah. for his time there. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, something we worked out here. If you went to a not that expensive London pub, but, you know, sort of a middle of the range one, like, like a Putney, but not like Pimlico. And he wants to get around a pint. And he, it was £4.40 a second. So he sticks the card in and he forgets briefly what his pin is. And in those three seconds, he's just paid for the round. So I've got to make a decision here. So I've got my, my options are Marcus Alonso, <laughs> the entire Wimbledon squad, or Lionel Messi's contract negotiators at Barcelona. Because presumably right. the ones that belong to Lionel Messi, they've actually done quite a good job there. Yeah, that, that, it's like it does feel... it's Bartomeu basically, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, it does Bartomeu feels... and his cronies, kind of. I don't know if we have, if I ever assumed Bartomeu, like you know, can he, can he be fraudulent though? Because he's just bad at his job. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> being, it wouldn't be being. Fraud- yeah, I think just to say to make my case here, Marcus Alonso scored an amazing goal today, which I know is Wilf's reasoning in some ways for him being in jail. That's the whole case. I know it's the case. <laughs> it's, it still feels weird. <laughs> to be oh. fair. It sounds like the Wimbledon lot are going through a tough uh, time. I think that's that's where I'm headed. Yeah, I think that's I think they've got to, I think they've got to take a long hard look at themselves. Um, from, AFC, yeah, AFC yeah. Wimbledon, that entire squad. I, I mean, they can join William in his one man self, <laughs> and I'm sure they're going to have a fun time together. What do you reckon they talk about? I reckon they'd yeah. just be like, "Don't sleep tonight, Willie." You know what I mean? <laughs> Don't fall asleep tonight, son. And Paul Ryan Longman is just a nice lad from Brighton on loan because Graham Potter told him it would be good to get some game time. And now he finds himself in a one-man cell with William. <laughs> yeah, so AFC Wimbledon locked up. Locked up for the for the week, for the foreseeable future. William's in there for a longer than a week, I'd hope. Longer than two weeks. So well, I think I think what this what this fraud section is now going to become, hopefully to me, is that who joins William every week? Who has to spend a week in solitary confinement with William? I think I think a fun way to play this would be the next time he scores, the person most at fault for the goal swaps Replaces. out immediately. Oh, uh, so it's a kind of like a championship belt kind of yeah. situation. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Michael so moment, Hector. He... Michael Hector. Oh, that's who it is. Yeah. So at the moment, when do we play we... Fulham at home? Okay, so this week for our uh, Benucci inquiry, our line of finding out what the big man has been up to, um, Zavi got a guest. Okay, guys, uh, two things have happened. Either it's up for you guys to decide. Um, so I reached out to a member of the Benucci clan, and for whatever reason, we don't have an interview this week. There was one confirmed. So I'm going to read you the conversation that I had with the member of the clan in question. And you guys are going to have to decide whether you think that the podcast has its first enemy or that there is a big conspiracy going on okay right so i reached out to a person called gabriella benucci who's from chicago she's one of the clan um i i i dm'd her on twitter one of the clan one of the clan and i said i said i'll read out to you i said hi gabriella exclamation mark 
This is going to sound a bit strange, but I produce a podcast called South Dakota Loves Benucci, and I was wondering if you wouldn't mind being interviewed as part of it. The premise is quite silly. There's a soccer player called Leonardo Benucci, and for some reason he sells more shirts in South Dakota than people like Messi and Ronaldo. So it's a sort of mock investigative podcast where we attempt to discover, in air quotes, why that is. I'd be coming at the interview as if you and the soccer player are long lost relatives. So I'd just be asking stuff about what it is like to be a Benucci. Obviously, this is quite an abstract and strange idea. So if you're not up for it, that makes total sense, exclamation mark. Looking forward to hearing from you, exclamation mark. Anyway, she replies, that sounds like a pretty interesting podcast, but I just want to make clear, I don't actually know him or if slash how we're related. Right, oh, so I have, yeah. to, I have to jump in there. If slash how, she's covered all her bases. That's unbelievable. There might have been some how-based beef from us later down the line. <laughs> I then replied, Oh yeah, I didn't think you were at all! Exclamation mark. The joke is that you have the same surname, so we have decided that you're related even though you aren't. And all I'd be doing is asking you what it means to come from the proud Benucci clan. It's a bit of a silly idea. Anyway. She replies, okay, just making sure. And yeah, then absolutely sure. I, I heart reacted that message. I was very excited. Anyway, then replied, okay, brilliant exclamation mark. When is a good time to chat for you? Two question marks, being very friendly. And uh, she replies, I'm off work every day at four. Anyway, she's t- telling me all about the central times, etc. And then we agreed a time, would 10.30 to 11 a.m. my time, Saturday work for you? And I was like, yeah, that works great. Thanks so much for helping out. Would you like me to just send you a Zoom link on here? My pleasure. And yeah, that sounds good. Brilliant. Will do. Now, then, so Saturday at 10.30. It rolls around. That was 4.30 Saturday for us. So I jumped on Twitter at about 4.25 and I was just about to send her a message and say, are you still on uh, to chat in the next uh, 20 minutes or so? What do I get? You can no longer send direct messages to this person. I have been blocked by Gabby Benucci. At Gabby Benucci blocked you. You are blocked from following Gabby Gabby Benucci and viewing Gabby Benucci's tweets. Now, guys, I want to put forward the idea to you. Do we have an enemy here? Or has someone got to her? Has someone from the clan got to her? Have Leonardo's people, have they thought these guys are going to find something out here and we don't want anything to do with that. So that she has been silenced. I, I have, I'm putting forward this idea, guys. Thoughts? I, I have a lot to say about both of those theories. I also want to suggest two further theories. The first one is she's actually a member of the Cialini clan. Oh. And she's one of the bots. Oh. And they have dotted around, dotted around Facebook under various names and on Twitter under various names. They have Benucci, fake Benucci clans. Oh, that's big. So that's the first thing. The second oh, thing we is, uncovered here. The second suggestion is that she just loves Tiago and had to listen to Wolf tear him one for three weeks, <laughs> and has decided I'm not having anything to do with these guys. I reckon it could be both of those things. Although I'm tending more towards the Kiellini conspiracy. Yeah, I mean, I, I recently watched rewatched all the President's Men, um, so I'm just all on board with this. You know, all Bonucci's men and and women. It turns out just coming forward and trying to wreck. They're this, everywhere. This Watergate you know, this Watergate inquiry. Let's just consider the following though. I mean, Zavs, what could we have potentially done to upset her? Maybe she was a West Brom fan and was offended by Matt Jarvis taking such a prominent role last week. Yeah. Maybe that, she maybe she, she, had just come off the back of a 
a lifeless West Brom first half display against Fulham mm. and decided, Jesus, it's too close to the bones to talk yeah, about Leonardo. She wasn't up for it, maybe, yeah. But, I mean, oh, I mean, it's a big spotlight here. You know, let, let's, not, let's not kid ourselves. There's a lot of pressure. Um, and with that comes a certain responsibility, not only to, to us, to this incredible podcast, but also to the man himself. You know, so that, that, that could equally be an issue. Is Benucci a relatively rare last name? From what I found, yes. <laughs> from, from my quick glance at the, uh, at the Italian the, registrar. Uh, he was the only person uh, on Twitter who had the surname Benucci and uh, had a bio in English. Okay, so she probably and, was a relation. I mean, uh, well, she was adamant she wasn't, but you know, I think, I think we, I think we know now that she was. Should, should we ask her in silenced. advance what Hollywood star wants to play her in the film when this eventually, obviously, inevitably gets, you know? That is that up. is the polite thing. I mean, one thing we haven't considered is where is she from, Zavs? Did you say Chicago? Chicago, yeah. Are you sure she's not the one person who's currently living in South Dakota who bought the Bonucci shirt in the first place? <laughs> thus giving birth to the podcast. I was going to ask her, one of the questions I had written down, I had questions written down and everything. One of them was, how many of your clan are in South Dakota? Saying clan is, clan is getting me. The clan. Because I think he's probably just a bloke with like a wife and kids. Like rather than the, sort of this expansive... Who beats up muggers with his bare fists. And then does campaigns against bullying. Yeah. Because he can wield the sword when he needs to, but he's a mm-hmm. lover, not a fighter. Is he good bull hunting? Who? Leonardo Bonucci. <laughs> he's Leonardo Bonucci. Who? 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 Wilf. Wilf, where have you been for the past four weeks? <laughs> Sorry. That I was looking up. I was looking up. The podcast. I was looking up who the most popular player in Chicago was on the state map to see if she was a massive. Oh, yeah. That was a good point. And it turns out it's Pulisic country around there, which would, you know, that, that's a snag for sure. Have Dortmund and Juventus had any fiery run ins? No, but Pulisic has been like absolute fucking shite for three months so that uh, i think i think we found the divide here right do you remember daniel big duck big duck western mckinney she don't like western mckinney and western mckinney plays with mm. benucci so that this is it isn't it okay well, well i briefly... think guys i i think this is a conspiracy theory and i think that she has been silenced and benucci is and i i don't know i think now one member of the south dakota loves benucci podcast is now vehemently against Leonardo Benucci, which I think is something that the podcast needed. And I, I'm, I'm now going to try even harder to discover why South Dakota loves Benucci because I feel personally attacked by what she did to me. Do you think we could have angered the big man? Like he's not furious. to be all yeah, 16th century peasants about there being an eclipse, but maybe he doesn't want us to talk to us because we said something about him being less good than Chiellini or something. I'm not even sure that's something we've necessarily said. I think I've definitely implied it a couple of times. Maybe he doesn't like being unconventional. You know, maybe he wants to be a conventional centre-back. That's all he's ever wanted. It was the, it was the interview where they said uh, we got someone on um, to say that he was rubbish in the two. Mm. Yeah, he's fuming. Yeah. And she's fuming as a part of it. Anyway, I mean, yeah, we will, we will endeavour to find out more. Well, that's with the fruits that of my labour this week. Well, with that cliffhanger ringing in our ears and the Wimbledon squad looked away with William. It's been a pleasure as always. And we will see you next week on South Dakota Loves Minichi. Hail Leonardo, a great strong centre-back.